This is a show about content marketing for established course creators. Unlike other shows about marketing, we focus on sustainable, measurable content creation. How to authentically automate your marketing to build up your know, like, and trust factor with a nurtured, engaged audience. And get back to actually living your life instead of working to live. Hey, hey, friends. How's everyone doing on this first real week of the new year? This first, like, back to business as normal week. Hopefully. I mean, I'm recording this a few weeks in advance, and frankly, my heat's currently out while I'm recording this. So, you know, that's fun. My house is like 52 degrees. It's fine. Everything's good. You know, roads are icy. No one will come fix it, but everything's going to work out, right? Anyway, my life fun stuff aside, let's talk about your life. Let's talk about your life with content, whether it's controlling you, whether you're completely avoiding it, whatever that happens to be. It's time to stop shooting all over your content. Real talk, moaning and groaning about content planning won't make it go away. It'll just delay the excellent results you could be receiving by getting strategic. That means owning this. It means no ghosting during the off season because that doesn't build trust. And it means that being consistent is a choice. And if you're not consistent with your content, it's because you've chosen not to be. So let's dive into those two big ideas for this episode. One, ghosting your audience does not build trust. Now, it wasn't all that long ago that Black Friday and Cyber Monday passed, and afterwards, I made a pretty proud declaration on Facebook. I didn't receive a single email from somebody I hadn't heard from in six or 12 or more months just because they were having a Black Friday sale. Now, I did receive a full blast of sales emails from one particular list I had definitely unsubscribed from, but that's another trust-losing story for another day. Now, when this happened, and I realized that I actually hadn't gotten any, like, ghost blasts, I said it on Facebook, rather cheekily, I might add, and then my friend Darius Glaw replied that it's probably because I have a really healthy attitude about calling my email subscriptions, rather than marketers out there actually getting better about this. And you know, she's probably right. I do have a good inbox. I have cold very appropriately. Because, friends, ghosting sadly is still alive and well in the marketing world. So first, let's talk about what ghosting actually is and what does it have to do with marketing. Ghosting, big air quotes there, refers to the act of suddenly and without explanation cutting off all communication and contact with someone. In a dating relationship, for example, this makes total sense, right? You go on a few dates or you get together a few times and then suddenly, silence. All you get in response is the ghost of what once was, the memories rather than the experience. On the marketing flip side, though, not dating, your audience will also feel disrespected, ignored, and hurt. Unlike a romantic relationship, though, they won't be wondering what went wrong. They're going to assume they know exactly what went wrong, they didn't buy, and they are no longer valuable to you. Yes, friends, that is what people feel like on the other side of the ghosting relationship. At the very least, they're going to feel unsupported, but more likely, it makes it difficult for the audience to trust the business or brand in the future. And I know that's not something that you want. So I'm going to say it very clearly here. Marketing is not a one-time event you need to be consistently present and engaged with your audience. This means not just marketing when you're launching something new. Now, it's pretty well known 
Whenever you change email service providers and mail your list for the first couple times, you're going to get both a mass of unsubscribes and a mass of spam reportings. This is why most migration services out there tell you to bring over your most engaged subscribers first, because it decreases the chances of this happening at a mass scale. So why are they doing that? It's because when people are not familiar with you, they're not used to hearing with you, they may have forgotten why they signed up in the first place. It might have been a really long time ago. And on top of that, they might be jarred. Now, when I see this happen in my own inbox, I have a general rule I follow. One, if they're sending out a message that basically says, hey, long time no right, but I'm back and here's what I'm sharing. I'll usually stay subscribed. They're owning that they went dark. They're probably giving a pretty good reason for it. And they're saying, hey, I want to fix it. I want to be better. But On the other side is when the first thing I hear from them in months is, buy my new hot thing, I almost always immediately unsubscribe. Now, this isn't only an email situation. It's like not email only. It's every kind of social media. It's every kind of content. The same thing happens on social media when you suddenly start posting again. If someone hasn't seen you in ages, doesn't see a reason why you went dark to begin with, and you're suddenly selling, it doesn't feel good. They may give you the benefit of the doubt. They may like go and hunt down your profile and see what was going on and seeing if, you know, maybe they just didn't see you for a while or they might immediately unfollow you because it feels opportunistic. All relationships require nurturing and social media relationships are still social. Think of it as you would a good girlfriend on the dating scene. And I know, yeah, this is the second time I've referenced dating, but it's because it's the easiest relationship that most of us understand. Let's say your friend Gina was seeing a guy super into him and he just disappeared on her. Not even a text breakup. In no world would you be proud of friend Gina if months later she started gushing about him hitting her up for a booty call or something without any explanation of why he ghosted her in the first place. That's what ghosting your audience is. And I don't think most of the people doing the ghosting out there are doing it on purpose. Maybe I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt but I think it's quite by accident, unlike Gina's paramour. For most, I think it's a fail to plan, meaning planning to fail kind of thing. That's a cliche for a reason, and it's because it's something that happens pretty dang often. And that leads us to the second point of this episode, which is consistency is a choice. I said what I said. You can moan and groan about content creation, or you can do it. You can start reaping the rewards of consistency Or you can ghost your audience and start the trust building process all over again later and start it with an uphill battle. It is a choice. Now, that doesn't always mean it's an easy choice, but it is a choice. I kind of feel like this is my fight song, my hill that I'm willing to die on, staking that claim right here. Now, there are three kinds of consistency I want to call out here. Consistency, of course, it's a key factor in successful marketing. It means a consistent message. Yes, and you probably have that nailed if you're an established course creator, but it also means consistently showing up. That's the second kind. When you're consistent with your communication and engagement with your audience, you show that you're reliable and you're dependable. It lets your audience know that they can count on you. The first time they hop in the car and head to the gym on a Wednesday and see your podcast is not there when they were expecting it, though, it's not necessarily a death blow. They're not going to instantly toss you in the burn pile, 
but it will leave a question dangling out there in the ether. And you can either put that question to bed or you can let it fester, depending on what you do next. What should you be doing next? Well, the first step to consistent content is creating a nurture content plan. I know we'd all love the Staples Easy Button when it comes to creating regular, consistent, effective content. Heck, even I would, and I love this stuff. But there's not an easy button. There is a simple button, and it's called creating a plan. Look at meal planning. When you meal plan, you save money on both the ingredients you're buying at the market and you're saving time because there's no decision paralysis. Buy a rotisserie chicken or two at Costco and make it for lunch that day with uh, pitas and hummus. Start a soup on the stove for dinner that night, and the leftovers become chicken salad sandwiches another day. Done. Easy. Off your plate, right? Take the same approach to your content marketing. Plan on creating one main piece of content each week and then parcel it out to smaller arenas throughout the rest of the week. Now, because I'm an up both hills in the snow pro at this, I can tell you, I'll end up with a solid video clip from this episode about how ghosting in relationships is just like ghosting your audience between launches. I'll also create a meal planning analogy, short form video with a trending audio, a reel or a TikTok or something like that. And my email about this episode, it's going to probably reference the Blues Brothers in the subject line. We'll get to that part in a moment. But there, right there, this week's content plan in a few sentences, I've just shared it with you. I know I've got everything at my fingertips to be consistent this week. That's me though. Let's talk about an example plan for a therapist, for example. One of my clients is a divorce therapist, and she's moved well beyond the initial evergreen content plan that we created for her over a year ago. This week, I noticed her content topic is on staying grounded during the holiday season. Clearly, that's a timely topic for December when I'm recording this. In the topic, she listed out several things one can do to stay grounded. One of them is sage, another is a Himalayan salt lamp. She clearly says, hey, go put them in your Amazon cart right now, prep for the holidays. It'll help you sleep easier, which means your anxiety has less room to play. Now, you know where I'm going with this, right? Those two things alone, let alone the other 10 that she's covering in her episode, would both make fantastic little video clips for social media. The email? I could see a teaser curiosity invoking subject line that could be something like the Himalayan secret to surviving Aunt Karen. Now I think, now that I'm looking and peeping on this topic, she actually put this out prior to Thanksgiving and is now using it again for Christmas. So hello, she's already multiplying her efforts, right? Those 10 tips that she gave in a podcast Each one of them could be a story teaser on Instagram with a direct link to the episode for the rest of the tips. She can leave her audience wanting more right there. Bam. Easy content for a week or spread out for a month since it's holiday related in this case. Consistency? Nailed. Put to bed? Dunzo. But that doesn't mean that being consistent with content allows you to just put anything out there. And here is where we're about to talk about the third kind of consistency. First though, does anyone remember the Blues Brothers? Old SNL sketch became a bunch of movies, right? My dad used to love them. Probably still does, actually. So despite it clearly not being an appropriate movie for children to see, we actually watched it a lot growing up. And I can't get that one famous line out of my head. We're on a mission from God. I feel like that sometimes. I feel like, friends, I'm on a mission to rid the world of crappy time-wasting content. Crappy content is time-wasting for you, the creator, and it wastes time for your audience too. 
So can we just agree here? Let's get rid of that nonsense and create content that actually does some work for you, some heavy lifting in your business, almost like having a nice extra employee. Otherwise, why are we spending all time creating content anyway? That's the third kind of consistency, you guys, right there. Quality. We're, and that is the collective me and my clients, doing this by creating an organic, evergreen, and measurable content plan that's one, effective, two, measurable, and three, systemized. So it's effective. It's actually getting client butts and seats, actually getting course sales, actually launching programs and memberships. Two, it's measurable. Once you know what works, you can reuse it and finally get off that hamster wheel of content creation. And then three, systemized. Maybe not the most sexy part, but definitely something that matters. It's systematized so you can actually stay consistent with quality, lead generating, and measurable content. Put them all together, and you've just landed all three kinds of consistency. Following consistency in messaging, frequency, and quality is all easier when you look at building a proven evergreen content plan for your business. Now, I'd be remiss if I did not kind of end this episode here by talking about what to do when you cannot be consistent. I've done previous episodes on both the myths and methods on repurposing your content, and I've also done a specific episode on how to lean on your evergreen content. So hear my heart when I say I recognize sometimes we make a good decision personally to not be consistent in our business. Years ago, while running a different kind of business, my dad was in a life-threatening accident, and I more or less closed up shop for three weeks to help care for him and be present at the hospital. And then even for the months following, I helped with a lot of doctor visits. He wasn't able to drive. And you guys, this was before hospitals had Wi-Fi for guests. So when I say I kind of closed up shop, it wasn't really much of a choice, but I still made it. Remember, consistency is a choice. It's not always an easy choice. So for times like those, take a listen at my evergreen content episode. Crises do happen and your business will suffer if you don't have a plan in place. I promise. Outside of an actual crisis though, there's really no excuse to fall down on content between launches. Even in a crisis, if you've already done the work, you can keep going close to business as usual. That's what an evergreen content plan does for you. My final thought here is trust is a two-way street. Your audience is working on trusting you, believing that you not only know what you're talking about, but that you can also help them in their unique situation. You can choose to trust that they're on that path and just didn't make it to the end yet, or you can give up on them because they didn't buy right now. But ghosting them while they're making that decision effectively ends everything. All they're going to see at that point is a dead end. So is that who you want to be? Do you want to be someone that promised something and then became a dead end? If you need help evergreening your content so you can share effective, nurturing content between launches and not ghost your audience, you know where to find me. I've given you the reasons. I've given you the options. And if this is something that's not for you, maybe this podcast isn't for you. And that's okay. You know, we've all got people that we know are brilliant, but they're just not for us. But if you know that 2023 is the year you're finally going to get your content under control and you're finally going to take it seriously, not ghost your audience, make that consistency choice, and then eventually get off the content creation hamster wheel because you've done the work, that is what I want to help you with. Hit me up, say hi at brittanygardner.com, or, you know, just go to brittanygardner.com, browse some other podcast episodes, 
along the way and pop an email over to me to see if this is the right next step for you. All right, friends, you know the drill. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.